Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. I am Roy Biancolana, and I'm excited to discuss today's topic, which is the whole issue of compatibility, right? We could break relationships down into chemistry and compatibility, right? Both are important. You have to have the right kind of chemistry and the right kind of compatibility if you want to attract lasting love, if you want to have something that's healthy and meaningful and lasts. And I think that compatibility might be the most misunderstood issue in all of relationship dynamics. I think we emphasize things that are not really that important and we have a tendency to underemphasize issues around compatibility that are extremely important. Okay? So we're going to get into that today. What is compatibility? What's important? What's not? And I think it's going to be a really fun discussion. But let me just back up for a quick second because I said something fairly provocative. I mentioned chemistry and compatibility. And I mentioned that you can have healthy chemistry with someone, but you can also have unhealthy chemistry. I mean, just because you're sexually attracted to someone doesn't mean that that attraction is necessarily healthy. And you can be compatible with someone, but that doesn't necessarily mean the compatibility is healthy or something that you should strive for. Okay. Now, If you've listened to me at all, and especially if you've listened to my podcast called Breaking Free of the Relationship Groundhog Day Syndrome, then you might have a little insight into what I mean when I talk about healthy chemistry and unhealthy chemistry and healthy compatibility and unhealthy compatibility. In the Groundhog Day podcast, I talked quite a bit about the chemistry aspect. So let me describe what I mean by the idea that you could be compatible with someone, but that is not necessarily a good thing. Because we can animate certain personas. You know, we can have certain patterns in our life, certain ways of relating that complement each other, that sort of go together. So for instance... I, for a long time in my life, related to women especially as Roy the Rescuer. Well, I found an incredible amount of compatibility with women who were damsels in distress. Do you see? They sort of go together. But that's not necessarily a healthy thing or something that you want. Right? Enablers are compatible with addicts. And when I say addict, I don't mean necessarily alcoholism or some substance or some chemical. 
I mean, there are a lot of things we can be addicted to. We can be addicted to ourselves and be sort of narcissistic. Well, the self-absorbed addict, the narcissist, is compatible with a person who is more of the doormat type, the, um, the type that doesn't value itself, doesn't set boundaries, right? They sort of go together. Do you follow me? You can be addicted to being ang- you know, anxious or depressed or angry. I mean, you know, you know what I mean by addiction? It, it can be any pattern that is just almost a compulsive thing for you. And therefore, you can attract people who are enablers of that in their own ways. But further, think of it this way. Um, you can you can be compatible. Let, let's just say that in, in relationships, people can have some of these unconscious agreements. Like, okay, you're not going to make a big deal that I'm overweight and unhealthy because I'm not going to make a big deal that you're a workaholic. Okay? Or there can be an arrangement like, you know, you're going to provide all the money and the other person is going to provide all the sex, right? So you can have these complementary dynamics. Listen, I am not going to challenge you on all the drama you have with your family and your siblings as long as you don't get on me about my temper and my anger, right? Now, these things are not very often spoken about out loud, (laughs) right? But they are dynamics that we are sort of compatible, right? Like I won't challenge you on some aspect of your life that is hurting you or holding you back or limiting you or is unhealthy in some way as long as you don't get on me about some aspect of my life that isn't healthy or isn't very effective or isn't really of service to anyone. Do you follow me? So there's a lot of ways that you could be compatible with someone, but that's not necessarily a good thing, okay? So I just want to point that out because it's important that we, when we talk about compatibility that, that you think back on your love life and on your patterns and your dynamics and your partners and look for any of that kind of we could call it codependent compatibility. You need to look for that. You need to wonder, you know, was I compatible with my ex-husband or my ex-wife? Or Because if you were together with anyone, you were compatible around something. And there's a chance if that relationship didn't work out, and maybe ended in divorce or drama or difficulty or hardship or broken hearted, you know, broken hearts. And so if you've been in a relationship there, you, you were compatible with them around something. And if it didn't work out, there's a good chance that your compatibility was of the unhealthy kind. And if you don't identify that, if you don't do some work around that, the law of attraction says you're going to attract it again. Remember, if you've listened to my podcast on the law of attraction, 
you know, I'm, I'm really against it because it works. <laughs> when, when I'm Roy the rescuer, oh, the law of attraction means like attracts like. Oh, I'm going to attract a damsel in distress. Oh, if you've got kind of an enabling, helping, caregiving, nurturing type of personality, oh, you're going to attract the wounded soldiers or the addicts or the people who are broken down or people that need to be fixed. Do you follow me? So you've got to step back and say, I have been compatible with every single relationship I have been in. It just might not have been the healthy kind. So a lot of people break up and or they don't have relationships or they think back on their relationships and they think, well, we just weren't very compatible. And I'm here to say, uh-uh, bullshit. No, yes, you were compatible. But it might have been the unhealthy kind. And eventually those break down. Unless everybody continues their codependent behavior perfectly. Like if I wanted to continue be Roy the Rescuer, well, I could make a relationship work with a woman who wanted to be damsel in distress. You see? But the minute I no longer want to function as a rescuer and I want to see my partner, as, you know, not as a victim, but as someone who can take responsibility for her own life and, you know, take care of herself and, and, and not have me over function and caretake and stuff like that. The minute I don't want to be Roy the rescuer, then the relationship goes on tilt. It, it, it breaks down. So the codependent relationships normally don't last unless everybody is doing their codependent side consistently and perfectly. So it's important just to recognize that you've never been in a relationship with someone you are not compatible with on some level. And so again, just to repeat myself, you've got to think back on those relationships and find your persona, find your pattern. Because if you don't do some work about letting go of that persona and that pattern, you're going to attract another relationship just like it. You're going to be, you're going to continue to be compatible with whatever reciprocal pattern fits yours, right? Roy the rescuer, damsel. That will go on forever until I stop being Roy the rescuer. Okay, so I don't want to harp on that anymore. I've spent a lot of time on that. But I just want to warn you of that because. If you don't deal with that, then everything I'm going to say from here on out about what it means to be to have healthy compatibility, it won't matter because you you can't experience healthy compatibility if you have the junk still in your life. Right? It's like you can't have healthy blood flow if the plaque is blocking your arteries. Right? You can try to focus on healthy blood flow all you want; it'll never work. You got to get rid of the plaque first. Then the flow happens. Same thing with compatibility. You can't have healthy compatibility with another human being if you don't get rid of some of the junk and some of the baggage and the personas and the patterns that have led to your disappointing relationships in the past. Okay? Now, with that, let's have a conversation about compatibility. And it should come as no surprise that when we talk about healthy compatibility, that there is some conventional wisdom and there is conscious wisdom. Pretty much like any other topic we could discuss in the world, there is the way the conventional viewpoint of it, the way the world looks at it, the, the common way, 
And then there's a conscious way, a deeper way. And when it comes to compatibility, this is unbelievably true. So let me describe for you what most people, maybe even most relationship coaches and relationship experts, God, I hope it's not true. But let me describe for you what is the conventional wisdom on what makes people compatible. Okay. For most, it means you have some or a lot of shared interests. Okay. You have shared interests. It might mean that you have similar personality types. You know, personality types that go well together, you know, that sort of are like each other and they're complementary of each other. They, they sort of fit together. They're not opposite. Okay. So shared interest, similar personality types. The conventional wisdom says you need to have matching education backgrounds or at least intelligence levels. Okay. The conventional wisdom says you should have complementary senses of humor. You know, that where your humors, you laugh about the same things and you see the world in the same sort of humorous way or you enjoy the same kind of, you know, sitcoms or, you know, comedians on Netflix or, you know, so that's a, that's a common one. We, you have to have complementary senses of humor. Um, another big one. Conventional wisdom says you have to have equal sex drives or very close. And then maybe the last one is to be com- you know, compatible in the conventional sense. You need to have comparable socioeconomic backgrounds. Okay? So shared interest, similar personality types, matching education or intel- intelligence levels, complementary senses of humor, equal sex drives, and comparable socioeconomic backgrounds. And I say, oh, no, you don't. None of that. None of that matters. Really. I mean, it's not bad if you have those things. But it really doesn't matter. In other words, if you are very different on all of those things, you can most definitely have a healthy, amazing, intimate relationship with another human being, right? And I'm going to explain why in just a minute. But the other thing I would say is good luck finding a person who matches you like that. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, good luck. I mean, go for it. I mean, would it be better if you had all those things with someone? I suppose. Would it be better if I won the lottery? I suppose. But what are the chances of me winning the lottery? Isn't it like 101 and 375 million or something ridiculous? And the chances of you finding someone that shares your interests and has a personality type like yours and has the same intelligence level as you do and has the same sense of humor and the same sex drive and the same socioeconomic background, I mean... I mean, go for it. If you can find it, okay, go for it. But when we think that that's what's important, we can really disqualify a lot of people for reasons that that maybe it's not important, right? See, if if that's if you follow the conventional wisdom, then you're going to sort of evaluate your potential partners and people that you meet online or otherwise. You, you're going to run them through that filter. And if you find that you're, 
that you're not compatible in those ways, well, then we must not be right for each other. You know, we, we must not be a good fit because you, you got to have those things. Or, you know, four out of six or, or something, right? So it's very dangerous. I mean, in other words, your view of what it means to be compatible can work for you or against you. It can really limit the people that you feel that you could have something meaningful with. And perhaps it could keep you from engaging with people because they don't have some of these same things as you. You could write them off as not really potential partners. Okay? So I'm just here to say that you don't need those six things. You really don't. That's because I'm trying to present a more conscious perspective on what it means to be truly compatible. And I can tell you, and I've written about this in a blog, that my wife and I are two of the most incompatible people you will ever meet that are together and that really love each other and that have a great relationship. I mean, we are so different. We are, from the conventional sense, pretty incompatible on a lot of things. Like, I'll give you some examples in a minute, but we don't have similar shared interests. We definitely don't have the same personality types. We do have very similar education levels. Like, my wife is more, you know, educated than me. She has a master's and I I have just a regular degree. Um, We have very different senses of humor. I mean... I mean, I I like Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle and, and, and my wife just doesn't find all that stuff funny, <laughs> okay? Um, we have different sex drives and my wife came up in a poorer family. She grew up on a farm and she was part of a farming family and my dad owned his own business. So my family was more well off than her family. Okay. So let me just give you some examples. Cause I want to, I want to convince you like, I'm not saying my relationship with my wife is the greatest in the entire world. Okay. But from, I think most people would die to have what I have. And I'm telling you, we're, we're completely incompatible. So for instance, or just to be basic here, um, I am married to a woman. Okay. So she's a feminine creature. You can't get more incompatible than a masculine and feminine creature creatures put together in the same room. <laughs> I'm going to do a podcast on this. There was an article written in Scientific American. It's a big, you know, scientific journal, and they were they did a study on men and women, and they didn't call it masculine and feminine, which is an error in the study. Um, but they were they were, the conclusion of these. And there were four big studies, which is very controversial in today's world right now. But the conclusion was that, you know, men and women are really different. (laughs) And I'm like, well, pretty much ask any married couple. And you could even ask people that are in gay relationships. You will find that there is a masculine partner and a feminine partner, and they're very different from each other. Okay, so just at the very beginning, we're incompatible because she's feminine and I'm masculine. We have very different purposes, priorities, and our guiding principles are completely opposite of one another. 
And that's true of the masculine feminine energies in and of themselves. But more specifically, she's family oriented. I mean, huge family oriented. I'm not. I have a lot of family. The only person I talk to regularly is my son. I'm just not a family guy. Um, I'm athletic and competitive. I love sports. ESPN is my favorite TV channel. My wife has not got an athletic bone in her body. She wouldn't, she wouldn't even know what ESPN stands for if it wasn't for me. Okay. <laughs> That's how opposite we are there. Um, she is a very calm, cool, and collected woman. She's very relaxed. She doesn't get flustered. And I'm as feisty as they come. You know, read that as Roy's got more a big old temper. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm feisty. I'm not cool, calm, and collected. She's a person that sees all sides of an argument and can really see harmony and togetherness where I am as opinionated as they come, which is why I love doing podcasts. Okay. Um, she's the tortoise. I'm the hare. I mean, in our pace of life, I cannot believe how slowly this woman moves. It is unbelievable. But I, I move fast. I talk fast. I think fast. I act quickly. I'm decisive. I'm more impulsive. I'm a risk taker. She is not any of that. She's the complete opposite of me in those regards. Um, my wife likes to be in the background. Like I'm going to try to get her on a podcast one time and interview her. And so you can get to know her some, but it's going to be like pulling teeth to get her to come into the public at all. Right. But I love being in front of a camera, in front of a microphone, in front of a, you know, on a stage in front of a crowd. And we're totally different there. Um, my wife has got an Excel spreadsheet for everything. <laughs> okay. She's detail oriented. I have not balanced my checking account in 15 years. Okay. I'm big picture. I, I can't stand details. Okay. And then lastly, my wife is a very content person. I am a very driven person. Okay. So like, what are you two doing together? You're completely different. You're completely incompatible in all the ways that the conventional wisdom says that you should have some things in common. Well, that's because the conventional wisdom is stupid. It's ridiculous. It's just not true. Case in point, look at me and my wife. Okay? Case in point, opposites attract. You can argue that all you want, but in terms of personalities and the ways we live and our ego structures, right? Opposites are attractive to each other. And perhaps we'll address that as why sometime in a future podcast. But let me tell you what is important in terms of compatibility, okay? There are just three things that you must be compatible with another person if you want the relationship to be able to work. There, there is no fudging here. There, there is absolutely no gray area. You've got to be beautifully aligned with each other. There's got to be congruency and a matching in three major areas. The other stuff, you know, I play golf. I love golf. My wife doesn't. Who cares? I don't care. Now, let me just say one little thing. If there is a particular thing that is so important to you, 
that you're like, I just would not want to be in a committed relationship or married to someone unless they shared my passion for this. Well, that's fine. Then, then do that. So if, if, if you just can't imagine I, my husband or my wife or my partner has got to love golf. Okay. Well, then maybe you meet the man or woman of your dreams and maybe you kick him to the curb because they don't want to play golf with you on Saturday. All right. If you want to go that way, do it. Right. But perhaps there's something else that is just, it's, it's just too important to you. Maybe you, you want to be a person who travels and travels a lot. I, I don't, I don't want to be in a relationship with someone who's a homebody. Traveling is that important to me that if I meet someone who is beautiful, sexy, handsome, got their shit together, you know, I mean, they're just a great person and they're crazy about me, but they don't want to travel. They're afraid of flying, perhaps. That's it. You're off the island. Okay, it's up to you. But I, I, I do want to grant everybody permission. <laughs> That's not really right. <laughs> I don't grant anybody permission. Um, but I, I do want to admit that if there is something that you just simply can't live without and you want to share that with your partner, then go for it. I'm, I'm sure you can find someone like that. Okay? But here are the three things that you got to be on the same page about. And the first one is your life purposes. Your life purposes don't have to be exactly the same, but they have to be complementary. Okay, they, they can't compete with each other. They've got to be compatible. Okay? So in other words, when I say life purpose, I mean, what is the general destination of where you want your life to go? Like, where do you want to end up? Like, what's your purpose? What's your end game? Let's just say you're 40 or 45 right now. And then when you're 70 or 75, where do you want to be? You know, what's the reason for it all? Okay. Um, so it's a shared destination, uh, a shared definition of success, right? Like if my life turns out the way I want it to, if my life is going to be a success, what is that? I'm saying that if you're with someone and their definition of success and their ultimate destination is not at least similar, if not the same, you're screwed. I don't care how good looking they are. I don't care if you have the same senses of humor and the same sex drives and the same intelligence level. That, that, that shit ain't going to matter. If you want to end up there and they want to end up over there, you're, you're screwed. So what are some possible purposes here? And there's there's literally dozens of them, okay? Let me give you four. You can you can have as your life purpose spiritual growth, spiritual evolution, growing, evolving, learning as an individual. That's what the purpose of my life is. And that's the purpose of my wife's life. In fact, I met her at a personal growth conference. <laughs> there's a pretty good chance that someone who's at a conference like that has personal growth and development and awakening as a pretty significant issue. Otherwise, why would they be there? Do you follow me? So you can have that as your purpose. We're together because we want to grow. And we feel like by being together, 
we are more likely to grow and evolve together than we would be apart. You follow me? I can be more of what my purpose is with her. And she can be more of what her purpose is with me. And therefore, even though she's the tortoise and I'm the hare, who cares? We're both going in the same direction. Okay? Another purpose, you you might be a kind of, we want to work hard. We want to bust our asses in our 30s and 40s and 50s so that we can retire and have a house in the Caymans or move to Florida and play golf and go to the beach. I mean, you see what I mean? That can be your destination. We're going we're gonna to kill it till we're 60 and have a bunch of money and then we're going to go travel or retire, right? Again, if you both want that, it really doesn't matter whether you have come from similar socioeconomic backgrounds. Like, what does that matter? <laughs> you follow me? Uh, another one might be that you are family-oriented. You want to raise kids. You want to be involved with the kids, play with the kids, helping the kids, coaching the kids, little league teams and soccer teams, and you're just kids, 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 and then you want to be grandkids, 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 grand. Your purpose is family and the kids and growing children and grandkids. That's wonderful. You better be on the same page about that one. Do you, do you follow me? Because if somebody wants to bust their ass and retire and move to Florida and you're all about the kids, because cause the kids are in your hometown, the grandkids are in your hometown, you ain't going anywhere. Oh, but Roy, we have the same personality types and we we both love to play golf and we have the same senses of humor. Like, no, you're not compatible because you have competing purposes, competing destinations. Follow me? The last one, um, might be that your purpose is that you want to have a good time. You just want to party. You want to enjoy life. You want to, you know, you want to go on adventures. You want to travel. You want to hike. You want to see the sights, right? That's kind of where you want your life to go and be and, and so forth. Okay. So again, it, you, you don't have to have the same purposes, but they have to kind of be in the same neighborhood. <laughs> you have to kind of be in the same ballpark with each other. Otherwise, you're going to get in all kinds of drama and, and, and arguments about how you spend your money and decisions you make and so forth because you want to go here and they want to go there. All right. That's the first one, your life purpose. Second one, similar to the first one, but I call it your lifestyles. Okay. You need to have or want a similar lifestyle in order to be together. And maybe that kind of covers that. If you want to be a party person, have a good time, adventure, travel, hiking, outdoor activities, that's a lifestyle. Do you follow me? Um, So, but think of it this way. For about, I don't know, what, 30 some years of my life. Well, I don't know if it's that long. But Close to 30 years, I was a professional golfer. That is not a job. That's a lifestyle. I'm on the week, I'm on the road 30 to 35 weeks out of the year, right? That's a lifestyle. If I'm going to be with someone, they have to want that on the road, traveling city to city, suitcases, airports, hotels. They've got to want that lifestyle. Otherwise, it ain't going to work. Do you follow me? What if you're an entrepreneur? That's not a job, and that's that's a lifestyle. 
Like I run my own business. I can't just go on vacation for two weeks and just go. No, I, I've got to. I've got to pay attention to what's happening here, right? It's a it's a lifestyle to be an entrepreneur. What if you want to climb the corporate ladder? You know, you're 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 both going to be corporate ladder climbers, and you're in New York or L.A. or Chicago or right. That those are lifestyles. What if you're a double income, no kids? That's a lifestyle. Both working, we don't want children. Well, what if one person wants children and wants to raise a family? Well, you're not compatible. Well, wait, Roy, we have the same interests, the same personality types. We, we have the same sex drives. We both went to Harvard. We came from socioeconomic backgrounds. You know, why is it? So what? They, they want to climb the corporate ladder and I want the house in the suburbs and the white picket fence and, and, and to raise a family. Sorry, you're incompatible. You, you want a different lifestyle unless you could work it out to where you, maybe you live just outside of New York and they go into the city and they work and, you know, and when, you know what I mean? You, you, you see what I'm getting at here? Um, even, even with money, um, what's your lifestyle? Are you a person that wants to save money and save it up for a rainy day or, you know, um, and you, you, you want to work to save for retirement and you're with someone who, you know, just wants to enjoy life now and, and, and spend it and right. You see what I mean? So you have to think about does the life that I want to live, my lifestyle, does it match with their lifestyle? And again, they don't have to have the same job as you. They don't have to have the same career as you. But whatever they're doing and whatever their lifestyle is, has got to match up with yours. They've got to be aligned and congruent and they're not competing with each other. Otherwise, somebody's going to have to change their entire lifestyle to be with the other person. And I'm just telling you that rarely, if ever, works long term. I mean, in the short term, you might meet someone who is so hot and sexy and wonderful that you're like, oh, I'm totally willing to give up traveling or, you know, painting or dancing or, you know, whatever your lifestyle is just to be with them. But I'm telling you two, three, four years down the road, you're going to feel like, how, how did I get here? everything that's important to me, the way I want to live my life. This is not how I want to live my life. I, you know, how did I wake up one morning and, and, and get in this situation? Okay. So your lifestyle. So the stuff that's important, life purposes, lifestyles, they have to match. And then third, I don't know if it's most important. It's pretty damn close. Life commitments. In other words, what are the values and What's the blueprint of how you two will function together? Do you have the same values? Do you want to interact by the same rules? Do you play by the same rules? Are you in agreement about your commitments and the way you will function together in your relationship? Okay? These have got to be aligned. So let me give you a couple of commitments that I know can really mess up a relationship, right? So the first one is 
You can be a person who wants to take responsibility, but the other commitment there is blaming. So if you're in a relationship and you're a blamer, you play the victim, and when something's wrong, it's because your partner did something to you, and you you blame and you point the finger and you judge and you know. In other words, if if you get in drama, <laughs> that's what drama is. When you start blaming someone for how you're feeling or not coming through for you or something like that. So if there is a couple where one person wants to take responsibility. And whenever an issue comes up, their attention turns to themselves and they say, what did I do to create this? What can I learn from this? What is my part in the problem we're having? And the other person is unwilling to look at themselves to ask, how did I create this problem? How did I set this up? What is my part? If they are prone to blame and finger point and they don't take responsibility. They don't own their stuff. They don't look to themselves to solve a problem, but are thinking that you need to change to fix something. You're, you're incompatible. You, you're going to, you're, you're just going to be bumping up against you because those are two completely different commitments. Okay. In fact, all the commitments I'm going to mention are a little bit like, imagine you going to a soccer field on a Saturday morning and you've got a soccer ball in your hand. Okay. Well, you're going to play soccer. That's a particular game. It's got particular rules, right? You got to kick it. You can't use your hands. Big field, big goal, right? Soccer's played a certain way by certain rules. Well, your potential partner shows up at the at the Saturday morning park with a basketball. And they're bouncing the basketball. They want to play basketball. Well, that's a completely incompatible game. Because basketball, you play with your hands. You cannot kick it. The field is smaller. The goal is smaller. In fact, it's up in the air. Right? So if you want to play soccer and they want to play basketball, it is never going to work. And... With our values and our commitments, that's exactly what can happen. You want to play by a certain game. They don't want to play that game. And if that's true, I don't care if you have the same sex drives or you have the same interests or you both have the same educational background. That doesn't matter. Okay? So blame is is one of them. Another one is communication. There are very different commitments here. Most people are blamers, like I talked about. That's what most people do. When there's a problem, they're looking for something outside of themselves that created the problem and they want to point the finger. Watch politics on TV. That's all they do is Republicans, it's the liberals' fault. And the liberals, it's the Republicans' fault. And they just point fingers. Nobody looks at themselves and says, how am I responsible for the lack of unity in this country? How, how am I and my party and the way we are functioning responsible for creating this? You will never hear somebody on TV say that because the minute someone says that, they'll be kicked off the air because that's not the game. The game on TV is to point the finger because it makes for good drama and good arguments on Fox News or CNN or whatever. You follow me? That's the game. So you won't see someone taking responsibility. 
So the, the same is true in communication. There are very different commitments here. You can be someone who's committed to revealing or, like most people, you can be committed to concealing. Most people withhold and hide the truth of what they're feeling, thinking, and wanting. They are afraid of being rejected. They are afraid of being misunderstood. They're afraid of being judged. So they don't reveal what they're actually feeling or what they're actually thinking or what they want. They, they withhold or they keep secrets or they give half-truths or, you know, kind of misleading statements. Most people are not completely open and transparent. But you might be a person, and if you are, I celebrate you, who wants to be a revealer, who wants to reveal everything that's occurring inside of you, that you don't want to keep any secret, no matter how small that you want to be known, that you want to make yourself known, that you're willing to be judged, you're willing to be rejected, you're willing to be misunderstood because you just want to be an honest, open person. Okay? Those are very different commitments. Very different. And if you're in a relationship where you want to function with openness and the other person wants to kind of reveal on sort of a case-by-case basis, you know what I mean, and just try to control a situation, try to, you know, control an outcome. You know, I I don't want to hurt my partner's feelings, and if I say that, that will hurt them. I I don't want to tell my partner that um, my coworker flirted with me today, and it felt really good, and I felt myself attracted to them. Oh, no, 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 Roy. I can never tell my partner that. Okay, yeah. Well, then you want to play the game of concealing. Okay? But if your other partner is like, I'm going to reveal what happens in my life and no matter matter what the consequence, I'm just not going to keep secrets from my partner. I want to be like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, right? It says that Adam left his father and mother and and cleaved to his wife and the two were in the garden and they were naked and unashamed. What does that mean? It doesn't mean they didn't have clothes on. It's spiritual. They're not real people. (laughs) Come on, right? Naked and unashamed means there was no secrets. They were bare. They were laid bare. They were revealed to one another. What you see is what you get. There's nothing hidden. There's no secrets. There's nothing... That's, that I'm not letting you see. You see all of me all the time and there's no shame. There's no judgment. I, I see you. I love you. I, I, I appreciate you making yourself known. Okay? So those are very, very different commitments. How about the issue of agreements? Most people think that they are committed to, to making and keeping clear agreements, but that is so far from the truth. Most people are not very good at making clear agreements and keeping them. Like, I will do such and such by this date. You will do such and such. Do we agree that you will do such and such by this time and by this date? A lot of the drama that happens in our relationships and in our love lives happens simply because we don't do what we said we would do 
or we do things that we said we wouldn't do. Okay? Making and keeping agreements is the lifeblood of any relationship, whether it's intimate or not. And if you don't have the same commitment to be impeccable with your word, that if you say something and you promise something, that you are going to do it to the point where your partner knows. I know my partner said that they would be here at this time. They'll be here. I know my partner said that they will do this or do that. I know they'll do it unless some ridiculous emergency happens and they're unable to, right? You can't trust unless you're keeping and making and keeping clear agreements. But very often in relationships, that kind of thing is more important to one person than the other. Oh, you know, I know I said I'd clean the garage this weekend, uh, you know, but I wanted to watch the game. So maybe I'll do it next week. No, that's going to create drama. If one person says, you gave me your word, you said you would do something. And then you're like, well, I didn't really mean it. I mean, you know, I, 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 you know whenever I promise something, that, that doesn't mean I'm really going to do it. It's just, I'm going to try to do it, right? <laughs> trying to do something is trying to get approval for something you have no intention of doing, <laughs> okay? How many of us have had friends? Oh, I'll be there on Saturday night and I'll go out with you guys. And then they don't show up, right? You don't want to be friends with them anymore, okay? So you got to have these kind of agreements. Uh, what about the commitment about trying to be right ver- versus a commitment of seeking to understand, right? All kinds of arguments break out in relationships because people are committed to being right, to defending their position to the point where we don't listen to each other, right? But there's a whole different way to be in a relationship. And that is, sure, I have my opinions. Sure, I have my beliefs, in my judgments, of course, I got a brain. I, I, I've had experiences. I, I, I know where I stand on certain things. But I'm in a place where I'm really seeking to understand the other person's point of view. Again, back to TV and politics. There's no seeking to understand each other when they have a Republican on and a Democrat on with a moderator. They're not really trying to understand each other. They're trying to prove that they're right and the other person is wrong. Okay? So if you're, if, if you're playing, those are different games. Wanting to be right and be defensive and so forth versus really being curious and open to learning and seeking to want to understand why your partner or why someone feels the way they do and why they think the way they do. Those are very different. That's like basketball and soccer. And if you're on different pages there, you're not compatible. You're going to be in such drama all the time. How about the one I talk about all the time here on on this podcast, whether you are going to source and be the source of your own emotional needs from within yourself or whether you are going to expect your partner to be to meet your emotional needs. Remember, one of my favorite phrases is life partners make lousy life sources. But yet that's what we do. I feel this not okay feeling and I'm hoping you as my partner, in fact, I'm sort of demanding that you as my partner love me in the way to fix that, to deal with that. That's me sourcing my aliveness, sourcing my my healing, you could say, from outside of me through a relationship versus 
I recognize that I'm responsible for my emotional needs and I can source from within that if there's loneliness or emptiness or feeling of not good enough, I don't need you to jump through hoops to do things to prove to me that I'm worthy or that I'm not abandoned or that I'm wanted. I'm sourcing from within me that I'm valued, that I'm wanted, that I'm good enough. That's my job. See, so those are different games. Most people are playing the game where the partner is responsible to fix me, to fix the problem, fill the void, finish the story, help me find an identity. That's what most people think a relationship is supposed to do. The other person is supposed to do that for you. Well, that's the you complete me mindset. And Jerry Maguire was full of shit. Okay. But those are different games. Most people are playing the you complete me game. If you don't want to play that game, I don't care if you have the same socioeconomic backgrounds, the same sex drives, the same, you both love golf, you both love tennis, you both love to travel. If one person says you are going to be the source of my aliveness and my happiness and the other person is like, no, that's my own job. I, I'm not, I don't want to play that game. You'll never be compatible. You're, you're, you're playing two different games. Okay. So I'll just stop. Right. I could go on and on. There's a, a number of commitments. And at some point I'm going to do a podcast on a document I've created called the dating manifesto. And it's like a manifesto saying, I am committed to these commitments, to these values. Like I want to relate according to these rules, according to this plan. Here's my blueprint for how I want to relate. And I often joke that, you know, with the law of attraction, you have the list of qualities you want in a partner. And then when you're on dates, you, you, you have a tendency to sort of interrogate them to find out if they have the qualities that, that you need and that kind of thing. And if, if you haven't heard the law of attraction podcast, why the law of attraction will ruin your love life. Listen to that one. I talk all about that, but I often joke that if you're going to interrogate each other, you ought to interrogate each other around these kinds of commitments. Hey, I know it's our first date, but are you a blamer or do you claim responsibility? Do you like to reveal? I mean, everything. Or do you conceal and play your cards close to the vest? Are you trustable with your agreements? Or do you kind of make them haphazardly and I never know what you what you mean is what you're going to do? Um, do you want to be right about everything? Or are you the kind of person that wants to understand other people's points of view? Do you want me to fix you and make and kind of deal with your mommy issues or your daddy issues? Or do you see that that's your job? Okay. <laughs> That would be an awesome first date, wouldn't it? To have a conversation around that stuff. Because then you get, okay, are we really? Because now you know if you're compatible right away. Because you you both want to play the same game. You both want to play soccer or basketball. You're, you're both on the same field playing by the same rules. Okay? So I hope this has been helpful. Right? This whole compatibility, what's important and what's not. So think on these things and, you know, shoot me an email. I'd like, I, I, with all these podcasts, I, I would love to hear your thoughts, how it's impacting you, if it's changing some perspectives, even if you disagree, it's okay. I mean, 
You're not responsible to make me feel worthy and like a, like I have something good to say. Therefore, you're not allowed to criticize me or disagree with me. Heck no, that's my job. Okay, if I'm insecure, that's not on you to protect me from feeling my insecurity. That's my job. So I want to hear what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what your questions are on any of the podcasts, and especially maybe this one, because this is a nuts and bolts kind of issue. Because we all know that you got to be compatible with someone if you're going to live with them day in and day out, right? If you see somebody once a week, chemistry can carry you forever because you're not doing anything together. You're not making any decisions together. You're you're not living together. You're, you're just going to see each other once a week and have sex. <laughs> That's kind of easy. Perhaps some people are happy with that. But most of us want something that's deeper. And therefore, we want to live together and relate with one another and make a life with one another. Well, then you got to be compatible. Chemistry, that takes kind of a back seat, you know, to when life and the shit hits the fan. And can you depend on someone? How do you handle your arguments and your disagreements? And that kind of, that's the stuff that really matters. Okay, whether somebody's great looking, okay, that's nice. But at three o'clock in the morning, when there's a big problem and you got to depend on someone, um, you know, just because they're good looking doesn't mean that they're going to be trustworthy and that you're going to be able to handle life together. All right. So compatibility, feel it, evaluate it, and then go ahead and meet someone and create an amazing, healthy intimate relationship and we'll talk again soon you've been listening to attracting lasting love with roy biancalana be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode and while you're at it please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy lasting conscious relationships